0: Hola, Hepitas! Welcome back to Hepa Talk podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Luchies, and you are now listening to season two. Hola, Hepitas! Welcome back to Hepa Talk. We are on episode four, and I have a special guest, and I'm super excited, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little nervous because I feel like she's such a pro at interviews. Um, we have guests outside, the owner of Que Bonita, Angel Contreras. Hi, y'all. How y'all doing? I'm super excited to have you on. I know we've been planning this episode, I feel like, fucking forever. And like things come up. <laughs> like We're busy. We're moms. We are on social media all the time. But I'm super
1: excited to have you on. Thank you. I'm super happy to be here. I'm, I'm glad we finally got it set yes. in stone. I'm finally sitting next to you. I know. <laughs> uh, first of all, I just want to say like, I
0: love your energy. I love that, like your charisma. Like I love the content that you put out. And like, even though we don't see each other on a daily basis, like I love when you send me like little inspirational quotes or you tag me and things like it, it means a lot because it's like them. Like I crossed her mind and she saw something that reminded her of me or like. You know, she wants me to see something that's going to inspire me or motivate me. So I think that that's beautiful. And I appreciate you for doing things like that.
1: I'm so glad you said that because I feel like the feeling's mutual. I remember when you said that you were starting the podcast and Mm -hmm. I was just getting into podcasting. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what? Let me check it out. Let me see. And like, I have to tell you, I feel like we're on the same wavelength because your episode on boundaries, girl, I still think about it like to this day. Like that one helped me so much to understand what I need and, mm-hmm. and that I'm not alone and yeah. that it's okay to be upset about setting those boundaries. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm, I'm going to cry here. I don't. No, <laughs> no. I, I'm a, why am I getting too eyed too?
0: No. And, and it's crazy because I think that after that episode, I feel like we bonded a little more. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and I, I, you know, and with everybody that has listened to that episode and, you know, reaches out like, Oh, I'm glad I'm not alone. You know, whatever, blah, blah. Like, it, it, it is hard to set boundaries, but it's also, like, you're not alone in setting those boundaries. You're not the only person that's going to feel guilty about setting boundaries. You're not the only one that, like, deals with family, like, issues. Exactly. Yeah, even
1: though our issues are not the same, because you did get a little into details mm-hmm. with, you know, with your siblings and stuff like that. Um... I know our our issues were not the same, but I felt like we were in it together, like we were going through it together. And even though I feel like I've come a very long way, it's still hard. And that was like the whole point of the the whole podcast was like setting the boundaries, maintaining them, even Mm -hmm. though you feel guilty about them, but knowing that they're necessary for healing. And it was like, I don't know, if y'all haven't listened to it, you need to go back and listen to it. Cause like, I feel, and this is not me trying to kiss your ass or anything, but like I felt like I knew those things, but to hear other people say them, it was, like, life-changing for me. It was, like, yeah. a little epiphany that I had, like, just know, Like, you obviously know around you people yeah. are going through similar things, but to yeah. actually physically know that there's another group of people that are like you and are having the same
0: mm-hmm. struggles as you, it was,
1: like it was you, very awesome.
0: Yeah, you, you you see that, like, the world isn't so small. Yes. Like, it's, it's actually really big and people are out there that understand you that uh, you know are going through the similar things or you know that can understand your thought process on certain situations and like i try to be that as much as i can or i try to be as transparent as i can because i'm like i know that i cannot be the only one that feels like this and i don't want somebody to sit and think like damn like I'm, I'm, I'm in a dark space by myself like no like you know we all go through things we all feel certain ways about certain situations and there's another person out there that that's willing to like help you through that dark time or you know you can relate to that person or understand that person even even if you've never gone through something traumatic right mm-hmm. like have that compassion for somebody else to be like okay I'm listening to you yeah I'm I'm present I'm, I'm gonna you know
1: that's exactly what it was even though like I said my my experience has gotten a lot better and I have healed I have come a long way listening to that put me right back in that space and it wasn't a fear of reliving it it was I'm reliving it and other people are going through it and I can possibly be there for them and that was that was awesome so thank you for that
0: so just going off of that i want to get to know little angel like what is your story like are you from the south side are you um you know born and raised here did you
1: come from somewhere else like what yes yes and no so (laughs) so i am a san antonio born and raised Mm -hmm. i was born here at santa rosa hospital on august 26th so i am a virgo um uh, I won't tell you the year cause I'm old, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yes, I was born and raised in the South side. I'm from the circle, from the Circlehood. If you're from the South side, you know where that's at. If you're from any other side of town, you probably don't know about the circle, but I graduated from Harland high school. Um, I met my husband there. We have two boys cause that's all we could afford. There's <laughs> a big story behind that, but that's all we could afford. That's all we want. One for him, one for me. Um, I came from a single parent household. Um, but I was also raised by my grandparents. I have my grandfather's last name, um, which I wear that with pride. It's Garcia. That's not my middle name. Okay. Um, my married name is Contero, but Garcia's. I still go by Garcia sometimes. Just can't get away from it. But I grew up with a very close-knit family. We did Sunday breakfast every every Sunday. Um, You know, I feel like I grew up the way a lot of people grew up in the South Side with yeah. a lot of their family inside the home. Um. I've lived in every single one of those rooms in my grandfather's house. I've lived in the big garage that was converted into a bedroom. I lived in, you know, the back room with my mom, and it was just me and her. My uncles and tios living in the rooms next door. One of my cousins living in the, in the room in the middle. Um, and like I said, every phase of life, that house is just always. I can't tell the story of me without mentioning yeah. that house. Like it, um, it's
0: it's it's.
1: Of you. It's-, it's very much a part of me unfortunately we had to let that house go last year that's still something i'm still accepting and struggling really? with as well as the rest of my family but yeah. it is what it is my grandfather passed um it'll be two years this september uh, complications of covid I'm so sorry, that 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 was really hard um it it's something that's confused me greatly because i still don't know whether i've dealt with that or if i'm okay with it yeah. it's still something like I'm struggling you're accepting yeah it. because I feel fine about it I don't feel sad I, I feel sad but not enough to cry I know that he was ready to go I know he was suffering so I'm happy for him that he's in a you know quote-unquote better. better place because that's my grandfather was a, a catholic a hardcore catholic <laughs> so he believed that's what was gonna happen yeah. so I'm happy for him if that's in fact what happened um but I can't mention the story of me without mentioning that house that's that's my heart my home even though I've lived in my house for 10 years that's still
0: home (laughs) that and that I think that's so beautiful because I think that I can relate to a lot of that like I'm not from San Antonio I'm from Los Angeles and in our home literally same thing my mom my biological mom you know grew up in that home my aunts grew up in that home then you know, me and my sister grew up in that home. We had uh, uncles from Mexico come and stay with us for a little while, and like till they got on their feet. Yeah. Like my grandparents, you know, they owned that home for forty years, and you know, same thing. All different stages of our life, we all been through that home. We've all had our kids in that home mm-hmm. and things like that. And so, like when we moved down here, it was I can relate having to let that house go. I literally sometimes I'm not even gonna lie, I'll. Z, uh, what is it called? Zilloway? uh uh-huh. Just to look at it. and mm-hmm. be like, damn, Girl, you know what? Like, to think that, and you know, it's like all run down and like, <laughs> I sometimes look at it and I'm like, how the fuck did we fit a whole ass family in that house? Right? But it's like, <laughs> it, 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 I look at it and I'm like, damn, I, I miss it so much. Like, it, it's run down and ugly to some people, but to me, that house was always going to be so beautiful. It's always going to mean so much to me. And so I, I tend to look back and I'm like, damn, I came a long way.
1: Like Girl, like- I still drive by. I mean, I drove by two nights ago just and I always hope that I'm gonna see whoever owns the house. And I'm like, well, what am I gonna do if I see them? Am I gonna stop and say hi? I just wanna see who lives there. Yeah. <laughs> it You're just like- it tears me up inside. Yeah. I just wanna know. I wanna see if there's a family. Is it a single parent? Like yeah. I don't know, I don't know why. Still my guess. <laughs> so you are born and raised in the
0: south side, so where did you, like, go to college? Did you go to
1: college or anything like that? Girl, I went to college, like, four separate times. <laughs> really? And I'm not ashamed to say it. You know, college isn't for everybody. Yeah. The first time I went, I wasn't serious about it. I wanted to go out with my friends, like, literally in between classes. Like, they didn't have a class. So I was like, okay, I don't have a class either. Oh, yeah. Um, The second time, um, I was a little bit more serious. But then I, I was a mom, so shit happens. Yeah. The third time I was working. So working, being a mom, my kids were older, working, being a mom, being a wife, having dinner ready, having homework. It was a, a lot of it's stuff just too much. On your yeah, plan. it was too much at the time, but I was serious. Mm-hmm. The fourth time, um, everything went well. I was like, this is it. I'm gonna be serious. My kids are older. My husband, I taught my husband how to cook yeah. <laughs> like it. We're good. Um, then we had issues with. Something to do with income tax. Long story short, financial aid was going to work out me for the following year until I got all this stuff fixed. It took me a whole year to get it fixed. And by that time, I just lost faith in the in the, the system. system. And I was already doing what I'm doing now. I had already had two businesses I was trying to work on. So I was like, eh, whatever. You're it, like, maybe this isn't a sign. Yeah, I was like, maybe it's a sign because I was going for nursing. Not very many people know, but I was in the medical field for 10 years and I did a lot of crazy stuff. I worked in cardiology. I worked in emergency medicine. I worked in like with a dietitian. Okay. Um, my last gig was at a urology office, uh, a very big group here in San Antonio, and it was awesome. I loved it. I loved my job. I loved my doctors. Um, and I, you know, my husband has this joke that I, I was a BP doctor. He used to tell my kids <laughs> that. Um, I did a lot of catheters. I worked with the erectile dysfunction, and after prostate cancer, I did bladder cancer. I did a lot. I did a lot of stuff, and I loved it. I do miss it from time to time, but I miss, I miss my patients. Yeah. Um But so. I know it was the right decision looking back now. But that's now. I'm like, eh, if I went back to college, what would I go back for? Yeah. I don't even know.
0: That's so crazy. I didn't. I didn't know that. that
1: girl i i had so many different jobs it's ridiculous like i started working the day i turned 16 and again like i said i'm old so i've had a lot of different jobs and i've i've been in almost every field field yeah like and i've done some crazy stuff that people are like what you did that I'm like, yeah yeah well <laughs> i mean
0: i i think those are good those experiences because even though um you, they're kind of like random things that you up doing like you always take something from every job oh, that yeah. you can apply i'm sure you apply all of that even now to like your
1: businesses right yeah yeah, yeah all sorts of stuff i mean like i said I've, I've i've done a lot of if i sit here we'd be here all day if i list all the different things i did but i've done so many different things um i want to say my favorite job was probably work i worked at sonic that was my first job i was on the really? skates a little car hop my god <laughs> uh, recently um uh, i um
0: i've gone to the i don't know if you've heard the R what's called the ar's entertainment
1: hub oh yeah yeah okay well
0: there's a skating ring in there and i was telling adrian i'm like i want to learn
1: how to skate girl me too and i hey, could rollerblade but i can't i don't skating's different i don't from, i was mm, like mm. i
0: don't know how to skate and it looks like so much fun and he's like I can already see, I'm very clumsy, so he's like, (laughs) I already see you breaking your fucking ankle or, like, falling on your ass and breaking your arm or something, he's like, I don't think that's a good idea, but it looks like so much fun, and, like, I can't imagine, like, working on Sonic and then, like, carrying everything with your little rollerblades. Okay, so
1: I had, I, technically, I did have roller skates, and I was good, that's why I said, wait a minute, I did have roller skates, not roller blades, but it was, it wasn't, when I say I was rolling around, I was like stomping around. I wasn't oh, okay. that good. I was a rollerblader, not a roller skater, so it is different. I haven't broken a bone, so yes, that does scare me. But I do want to learn. So like, we go. Let's yeah, go, girl. Let's, get <laughs> let's
0: do it. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your businesses, okay? Because I admire both of the businesses that you have. I wish I was crafty the way you are. Whenever I look at your stuff, I'm like, damn. Like, I, I want that in my room. Like, <laughs> oh, damn. Like, I, I, I want to make it out to the market so I can buy one of those things. Because you're so, like, artistic. And, like, I love your style. It's, like, so Mexican and, like, colorful. Like, I love that. Um, and then, of course, your guest outside. I love that you are, like, featuring things in the south side, in the hood. Because even though I'm not from here, <laughs> I have such a big love for the south side and the west side because it reminds me so much of home does like, it it really does i mean of course there's some things that are totally different yeah that, but just the people the you know the the love the humbleness sometimes is just the same as la so i love being on the south side i love being in the west side and
1: And we love to have you, girl.
0: (laughs) So tell me a little bit more about your businesses. Well, first
1: of all, I have to say thank you for for saying it's so Mexican. I grew up in a household where being Mexican wasn't exactly a great thing. Mm. So like when people say that, I'm like, oh, my God, thank you. I'm like, I'm a pocha. Like, I understand Spanish. I don't speak it fluently, but I understand because my grandparents spoke it.
0: Yeah.
1: Exclusively at home, um, especially to each other. But we were not encouraged to speak Spanish. So, like, I feel like with my art, with Que Bonita Crafts, I try to bring as much of the Latina, Latin, you know, Latinx, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, I try to bring out my culture as much as I can because when I was younger, I wasn't very encouraged.
0: Like, you couldn't, you couldn't express it. I, I didn't know it. Know. I didn't
1: even know to express it because it was withheld from me. My mm-hmm. grandfather was raised in an era where it wasn't okay to speak Spanish in school or any, anywhere. My grandfather, he's told me that he purposely married my grandmother because he loved her, but because she was buena. Mm -hmm. And he wanted his kids to be as white as they could because um, he was dark. And, you know, and I was one of the lightest ones in my family. So I feel like I got a lot of my grandfather's attention for that reason. But going off subject, I feel like I put a lot of my culture because I found it as I grew up. Yeah. Um, with Guests Outside, that came organically out of an idea to market my own business. I couldn't afford the marketing stuff. I looked into it. I couldn't afford ads in the newspaper. And then I figured, well, if I'm, I can be the only one. There has to be other businesses out there, especially my friends that I've met while vending yeah. at markets that might need this. So that purely came out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I feel like a lot of the time it gets put on the back burner because... Get Bonita Crafts is like my main gig. Yeah, you know that's my outlet, that's my passion. But guest outside is is right up there with it. Yeah, you know uh-huh. it's a community advocacy for those who, who don't know. Just post about what's going on in my community and.
0: Yes, and I I think I think it's not like you say that you put it on the back end because even when you don't post much, it's like you resharing posts and things like that. It's like very informative because there's times where I'm like going through my stories, and I see it, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was going on, and so then I reshare it, and then it's, like, th- things like that, where it's, like, you're you're making it a point where it's, like, come look at this, this is happening, Definitely. come support this, you know, and so, like, uh, I-, I love watching your content, and I think the same thing, as far as, like, half a mindset, I think the same thing, I, I grew it, because I'm first generation entrepreneur. Like I started my business, I didn't really know anybody here. And when I did my first pop up, and I like networked with other small businesses, I was like, okay, I want to keep friendships like this. Mm-hmm. So how do I do that? So then I created Half a Mindset. Technically, at first, it was called Soy Latinapreneur, and then eventually, I ended up changing it to Half a Mindset. And uh, I, I, some people that have been with me for a long time know that, but. Yeah, that's what I started it off as. And so I can definitely relate to you in that sense where you're like, I you wanted to create a space where you can connect with, you know, other businesses and, you know, share things that going on in your community and things like that.
1: Yeah, it's like a hub. Yeah. <laughs> Literally.
0: I just want to like revisit what you were saying about like um you not really growing up with your culture and things like that um as i said before i'm from los angeles so i feel like i was really raised in my culture it's like everywhere you see it on murals in in los angeles you see street vendors and all types like not just mexican you see hondorians salvadorians like you know different um uh places right And when we moved here to San Antonio, you
1: just got the Mexicans, girl. Yes.
0: (laughs) And then, not only that, but even here, like, and and it's not in a disrespectful way, like, there was some that I feel like are very, like, I'm not Mexican. And it's like, girl, you have the nopal in your frente. Like, Uh what? You're very Mexican. (laughs) Yes. And at first, I didn't understand that. I'm like, what the fuck? like, And then, As I really got to meet people and, like, talk to them, I realized that it comes from your grandparents' generation because they were suppressed. Like Yes, yeah, they they were very
1: much suppressed. Like,
0: that they, in schools, were beat up for, you know, speaking in Spanish or, like, they were made fun of for dressing, you know, a certain way or looking a certain way. And I'm like, damn, that's so sad, like. You know, we didn't really have that over there in Los Angeles. So you saying that, I can see, like, okay, so it comes from your grandparents. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's sad. Um, But now that you've kind of found your voice, like, how do you feel now? Like, that you're...
1: It's a struggle. It, it really is a struggle because I have a lot of friends whose parents did teach them Spanish. And, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of feel lesser. Like, I always feel like, and I have I have a design coming up, and it literally says Latina enough. Because I always felt, and especially for me, because my dad was adopted to a white family. Okay. Um, he, his mother was Hispanic, but she looked where, And then his adoptive dad was German. So I grew up in a predominantly white family on the other side of of my family when when I would go visit my dad. Um, So I didn't realize that I was oppressed because I had, you know, I had the dad, I had the mom, I had family on both sides. But like in my white family, I was the darkest, shortest. In my Mexican family, I was the The whitest, whitest. maybe one of the tallest, you know, maybe third or fourth, but there was a lot of us. There's like 50 of us, maybe (laughs) more. But I started reading this um, book and I wanted to make sure I got the the right name of it. And it's called um, You Sound Like a White Girl. By Julissa Arce, and I just mm-hmm. bought it, and that it put all these things together for me in regards to like the history of California and Texas, uh, mm-hmm. también, because my it, it put a lot of my grandpa's struggles into words that he didn't like to share with us. Okay. He didn't like to talk about what happened. Um, there was one time where he talked about that. He said, "You know, people know that black people had," um, and his words, not mine. He black people had the restrooms of their own. He goes, we didn't have a bathroom. We had to dig a hole in back of those bathrooms, and people don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. So he was very angry, very bitter, but he yeah. didn't talk about it very often. He suppressed it a lot. So in turn, he didn't teach us about our culture because he was taught that that was a bad thing. Yeah. And he didn't realize then that he how much he was hurting us. Yeah. Because now I'm like, I wish I could teach my kids that, and I can't. I literally have to pay for it, or they have to take an extra elective class, and it's just not fair. It's, yeah. it's not fair, but the same time it wasn't fair the what was done to him. Yeah. But if if you do have a chance, read that book. I'll let you borrow it, girl, because it's it's yes. really good. Well, yeah. I don't know if you're gonna be able to relate because you had all that cultura. We, yeah. we I didn't have that. But but I feel like I'm I'm open
0: to it because when I'm now I'm here in the South I'm in the Southside in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And it's like I'm the type of person that it's like I wanna learn to be able to relate and not be ignorant like oh yeah so Mm -hmm. it's like i'm okay with reading it even though it might not resonate with me but it's like i'll be able to comprehend somebody else's situation and be like oh okay
1: yeah it definitely made me understand my grandfather and his upbringing and and why he brought us up the way that he did because he was hurting you know he was hurt people hurt people yeah you know and he didn't know he was hurting us
0: yeah and and, and i'm sure he didn't mean it. it it's just that what do you do when that's all you're taught, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and sometimes people don't understand that, like,
1: it, it's, yeah, it's, it it's sounds.
0: the situation, they're, they're doing what they can with the situations they're given. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, Angel, you mentioned that you feel like you were your grandpa's favorite because of the way you kind of looked, and I definitely want to say I relate to that, because I feel like For my family, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate because I feel like it does happen in a lot of, uh, like, not just Mexican, but in Hispanic families where the children that are a little more lighter toned skin
1: Mm -hmm. or like,
0: you know, aren't really like indigenous looking or, you know, like really dark, short, you know, typical, whatever you want to call it, they're favored a little bit more. And I feel like... I was favored a lot more than like my aunts were and like I know that my biological mother you know with all the situations that she's been through in life and that she's done to my grandparents and you know the things that they didn't like punish her for but my aunts were be punished for <laughs> I feel like you know she was favored and so I feel like does that now mess with the relationships you have with
1: like your I don't know if do you have siblings or I do have siblings. However, I grew up an only child. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and my dad only had me. My dad didn't have my little brother till I was twenty one. I was pregnant with my first son. So okay. we're we're not close and I don't I, I don't talk to my father. We've been estranged for almost three years. Um, my mom had my brothers and sisters or my, my little brother and my little sister. Um I was in middle school when she had my little sister. I was a very like big teenage angst teenager. Like I hated everybody, hated everything. Uh, So I didn't want nothing to do with that. um, Because for the longest time, it was just my mom and I. And all of a sudden, this baby came. My my stepdad came, and a baby came, and it ruined everything at the time. Now I love them all. uh, But then my little brother was very young when I moved out. He was still a baby. He I don't even think he was walking yet when when um I moved out. I was 14 when I moved out I went to college with my tío, so we weren't very close, but um, with my cousins, I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question because a lot of us are very, like, complected. Mm-hmm. I honestly feel that, like, yes, I did get some of the favoritism because I was, like, complected, but I got more of the favoritism because of the fact that I literally was there every day, because they were my main caretakers while my mom was working. Okay. So me and another cousin of mine, Melissa, I feel like we were more favored more than anything, but only because we were always around. We, we were raised by them. Um, with my grandma, it's hard to say, because my grandmother passed when I was 12, oh. and that was the, the first loss I'd ever experienced in my life. And it's still something that I'm still working through with my grandfather. It's completely different. I had a lot of years. I had time to accept with my grandmother. I had my tias and tios tell me, she's going to be fine. She's going to be fine. She died from complications of diabetes because she didn't take care of herself. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that until I got older. I blamed God. I blamed the family for lying to me. I blamed my mom for not being there for me. And one thing I recently told my mom is, hey, you know what? I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm in the point of my life where I'm making amends and I told my mom, I'm sorry for being so angry at you when grandma died because I felt that or I need you to know that I felt that you weren't there for me yeah. because it was a big loss for me. But now that I'm a mother, I realize yeah, that not only yeah, too. and not only was she my grandmother, but she was your mom.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, you're my mom. I don't know what I would do without you. Yeah. So it, it hits different.
0: Ugh, why, why do I want to cry?
1: But, <laughs> it's just it, that acceptance of yeah, being like, an adult and realizing yeah, and things and, that you didn't know. And
0: yes. And it's crazy sometimes because I do find myself in that situation sometimes where I'm like, as much as you know I'm, you know for those ha- that have heard other episodes you know the relationship I have with my biological mother so me being a mom really like puts me in a different space where it's mm-hmm. like I want to understand her but because I'm a mom it also puts me in a situation where it's like i haven't the same age you were so why do i have
1: to be the understanding one yes but i've realized even by listening to your podcast that people take things different ways they mm-hmm. they turn trauma into a different experience of their own but you need to be able to take yourself out of your shoes and experience it from everybody's yeah. angle
0: yeah and and that's one things. one of the things that i try to work on and it's like I'm, I'm getting older, and I try to understand her, and I try to think, like, okay, what trauma did she go through that made her that way, and, you know, now that you have, like, literally, you were just saying that you're in a space where you're able to, like, process everything and think, like, okay, I was in my feelings, you were in your feelings, your feelings are valid, like, do you now have a better relationship with her?
1: Oh, yeah. I feel like if I don't call my mom during the day or if I skip a day or two, like, I feel like she gets mad now. She's like, I'm just calling to see if you're still alive. And I'm like, oh, my God, calm down. I've been busy.
0: Yeah.
1: But, like, my, my mom had such a good relationship. I know she wouldn't say this, um, but with my grandparents, she had a good relationship. It wasn't always like that. Mm-hmm. My mom was the cabronada of me family, too. Oh, okay. So... Um, I didn't know this again until I was older, became a parent, and we started talking about certain things. But my mom had a tumultuous relationship with my grandfather and my grandmother at certain times in her life. But as they they got older and, you know, I came along, I never saw that. I saw my mom always being on my grandma's side. I Mm -hmm. didn't know that they had gotten into it. Um, I never knew that my grandpa used to spank them, you know, severely. But even going back two, three years when my grandpa was alive, my mom called my grandpa every day. They were, even now, like she's told me, she was I lost my best friend. They literally were best friends, and it's so weird to me because mm-hmm. I don't have that relationship with my father. Yeah. So I'm like, how did that happen, mom? That he went, you went from telling me he was to like beat you for doing, you know, little things or yeah. whatever, to him being your best friend. Like, how do you forgive him? And we've had those conversations, and I, you know, I never thought that I'd even be able to be asking my mom that because I, at one point. I was like, screw her. I don't want it, nothing to do with her. She has her family of four. Yeah. I mean nothing to her. I never thought that we'd have this relationship. But again, having kids changes you if you let it. Yeah. If you let it. If you're going to hold on to those grudges and not let your experiences change your way of thinking, then you're just stuck. Yeah. And I didn't want to be stuck. I didn't want to be stuck yeah. in the pain, the hurt, the wondering what if and why. I let that go. I let it go. I chose to let it go. Because, and for me, and people will say, oh, well, did you forgive them? You know what? I, I did. But you know who else I forgave? Myself. Yeah. I forgave myself for being that stupid teenager who thought she knew everything. Yeah. You know, and I'm anticipating my kids doing the same. I'm anticipating my kids hating me one day. Yeah. And that's okay, because that's their journey. I, yeah. I hope that it doesn't happen. I hope I'm a good enough mother to, well, they never say they hate me to my face. Maybe. But I know that they will at some point in yeah. time. They won't like the decisions I make for them.
0: And and crazy that you say that because I feel like I struggle with that. I struggle with do I forgive her? Do I move on? Because I I have love for her.
1: Oh yeah, she's your mother.
0: And then but there's times where I'm like I'm mad at myself for loving her because I'm like but she wasn't there for you when you needed her and she's your mother like. And so I struggle with that all the time and I try to like understand because You know who tells me that all the time is Adrian. He has such a beautiful childhood, like, that man has never been through trauma, (laughs) so he tries to be the peacemaker, and he's always like, one day if something happens to her, you're going to be mad at yourself because you struggle with it when you know you just want to forgive her. And, like, I'm like, do I? (laughs) But that's the
1: thing. Only you can't let – I mean, I'm not discrediting what your supportive husband tells you. I'm not – but you have to make that decision. For instance, my decision was, I did forgive my father. I did forgive myself for things I've told him. But I also realized that I can't have him in my life. Yeah. And that's okay. There wasn't a big fallout. It was a look. You feel that way. You've said things. You don't apologize. And if that's the way you are, that's okay. But that's you. But unfortunately, I can't deal with that. Yeah. And maybe our, our, our paths will cross later in life. But right now, it's not working for me. Mm-hmm. and and if if it happens it happens i'm not gonna force it i'm not gonna reach out but that's okay that, that's definitely okay
0: yeah i i definitely can relate to that so right now you just said something that i want to like record because <laughs> you you said you had a different version of your mom than what your siblings have right mm-hmm. and i feel like the same with me like my biological mom the version that i had of her my brother doesn't have and i struggle with that because you know she she gave up her rights for me and my sister and then she made her life with a man that had kids and i hurt from that so much because i'm like little me used to be like well what's wrong with me like, why didn't you want me? But you want them. Like, and now that I'm an adult, I understand that, okay, you know, whatever the situation was, whatever she was going through, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know her story before me. Exactly. So I don't know what trauma she's been through. I don't know what situation she's been through. And that's what is hard for me because as I've gotten older, I understand people go through things and that's what makes them the person that they are, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, Sometimes seeing her be a good mother and be present for my it's brother. It's hurtful. It hurts. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm glad that he has that. I'm glad that, you know, that he gets that version of her that me and my sister didn't have.
1: But it's like, then my pride kicks in. But it's me. not fair. It's not yeah. fair. And you can't help but feel selfish because you wanted that too. Yeah. But let me tell you this. So, like, this conversation did start with my mom. But I there's one thing that, that was very profound that I realized... And it was with having a conversation with my husband that this came out. And then I was like, I'm really proud of myself for thinking this way or getting to the point where I could think this yeah. way. So I have a little brother, like I mentioned, and he just had a birthday. He's the same age as my oldest son. We were, we were pregnant at the same time. And um, I would love to be there for him, you know, because from my understanding, his mom is not that great of a mother too. If she is, I'm sorry, if you to this, I, I don't know. Yeah. But I from what I've heard... Um, she's had some issues too, and my dad definitely has issues. So I want to be there for him. But I told my husband, my hope is that in the future, or I used to think that in the future, my brother would come to me and find me and we can talk and that he realizes or knows exactly why I couldn't be there with him, with my dad. Mm -hmm. But when I said that, I realized that I was very selfish of me because of the fact that if my brother indeed can say that he understands, I mean, my dad wasn't a good father to him either. Mm-hmm. So my new hope for him is that he is angry with me for not being around because then that means mm-hmm. that my dad was a better father to him than he was to me. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I, I want to be able to relate to my brother and I want that relationship with him. But for me, I want
0: well, for, him, for him,
1: I want better for him. Yeah. And I want him not to be able to understand my struggle yeah. because that means my dad learned something. Yeah. And that, that's, that's deep. Right? I, I don't I don't even think I've ever thought of it that way. Exactly. Like, but that's my point. you got to be able to take yourself and your emotions out of that situation and, see the, bigger and picture. see the bigger picture because I understand that. And although it breaks my heart to know that my brother may never talk to me ever, we may never have a relationship. You know, at least I was able to rekindle my relationship with my, my younger brother and sister from my mom, yeah. but my little brother, we're 21 years apart. We're not, we're not 12 and 14 like mothers, yeah. you know, at least I can relate to the other ones a little bit. I can't relate to him at all. But the thing is, is like, I know that I want more for him mm-hmm. and, and I love him, even though I don't know him, I love him and I want him to be angry with me that I wasn't around Yeah. because that means that he had a good childhood and, and that's one thing that I can live with. Yeah. That's that's very powerful and I think
0: um you know I, I never thought of it that way because same me and my brother don't have a relationship because he lives it with my biological mother in California. But I always wonder like, okay, maybe one day when he's old enough he'll come look for me. Like he'll want to like, you know, know more about me and Misty look for us and wonder and whatever
1: of course but do you you, do you want somebody to relate in the hurt with you or do you want somebody who's well rounded and and happy and
0: and honestly I don't think I don't think he is in that situation because like I said I see her how present she is and how like she's involved and it's like it it hurts me but I'm happy because I want that I know exactly what you feel I know
1: exactly what you feel
0: yeah to me having these conversations with you like I feel like we can relate a lot and, and it's good to have somebody else's point of view because I'm still in that healing journey I'm still learning I'm still trying to learn how to process some of my hurt and how to deal with it and to just like hear you and like how you view things and like you know how you take yourself out of your feelings and kind of analyze the whole picture and you're like wait a minute well it could be because of this and this it's like i want to get to that point where i can do that and so just hearing you and like just having this conversation with you like thank you first of all because i'm gonna try to implicate that now whenever i'm feeling some type of way to just be like no what would angel do (laughs) yeah (laughs) angel said you know to like think outside of my feelings and to view the whole thing and like even with the little conversation we just had off the mic like I never I never thought of it that way and so it's good to have somebody to like kind of be like hey like look at it this way like for the better yeah not not in a negative way and not because you're not telling me like no girl it's not like this which is good because I feel like when you have somebody that genuinely wants you to like grow and heal in the right way, they're going to guide you in a nice way to be like, look, look at it this way or be positive in this way. So I thank you for that. And like I said, I feel like even though we don't hang out on a daily basis and we don't like see each other, just you sharing little things like you, you don't notice that those are things that help me in, day sometimes it's like even if it's just like a little motivational quote or whatever it's still like oh shit like okay like i i i can go on with my day and have that in mind and have a good day and like or or take that time to be present and just be like okay you know like I, i need to refocus or you know sometimes believe it or not I, I think to myself, like, that Angel's a little bruja, because I'll be going, I'll literally be going through something, and I'm, like, in my moods, and then you'll tag me, and then I'm, like, okay, is this a sign?
1: I'm a fucking <laughs> um, fairy, girl. I'm a fairy. <laughs> and, so, and
0: so, I I do want to say I genuinely appreciate that. And, well, good. Uh, I
1: always think I'm, like, bugging you when no, I'm, like, no, tagging no. you and stuff no, like that. Honestly, I just feel like, like... I again we don't see each other yeah. for all, all of y'all listening like we don't see each other we don't meet up we don't have lunch nothing maybe we should yeah, but especially. I feel like just listening you through those series of, of episodes that you had I just felt like I related to you so much and I got to know who you were mm-hmm. and just by hearing you say certain things I was just like Man, this girl gets it like she she gets me yeah she gets me and then I just felt like and this is not a new thing. I mean, I, I have a couple of friends that I talk to about stuff like this. And I just feel like I've healed so much. Like, I need to share the process of healing. I do have friends that are more healed than I am. And they're helping me as well. Yeah. But I try to pass that on and just to be, be yeah, to be the positive. Because if you think of it negative, because trust me, I'm mm-hmm. for a long time, I would sit in the closet in my room with the curtains closed. And I would sit there and bawl. And I remember praying to God or the universe or whoever, and saying, like, I'm ready to die. Like, take me. There's no purpose. I I used to tell my husband, I'm like, I'm a filler person. I have no purpose. I'm one of those people who is just in the world just to fill up space. Like, there's nothing for me. Nobody gives a shit about me. My parents don't give a shit about me. I don't give a shit about anybody else. Like, I used to tell him, like, or her, whoever God is, I used to be like, look, I can picture my funeral, and nobody is going to be crying at it. So just take me let them bury me in a, a cardboard box in somebody's backyard because I have no purpose but yeah here I am
0: no yeah I here feel like everybody has a purpose and like you might not see it and I hope that you continue to like bug me because I <laughs> I I genuinely think that people like that you don't realize what an impact you have on somebody. And well, don't tell
1: me that, cause challenge accepted. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: Seriously, like, and to me, it's so beautiful that you realize, like, okay, um, I want to be that for somebody else. I just hope that you continue to, you know, be that like, for somebody else, and I know you will. And you know, just like you said, that you want to be able to, like help somebody through their healing journey and like you have friends that are more healed than you so I hope that they continue to help you through your process as well and you know I think that women like us we try to be what we feel we needed at the time and that's honestly what I feel like my purpose is I've I've always said that I feel like my purpose here is to always be that light for somebody to motivate them to Love on them the way I wish I would have had, and like you said uh, earlier, I probably did have those people in my life. It's just that I was so tunnel vision at the time that I was like, "No, I'm by myself. Like, I'm gonna have to struggle with it by myself." Mm-hmm. And you know, and just accepting that that's, you know, a part of the process too, and and realizing that I probably did. It's just that you know I was in
1: my feels i wasn't mm-hmm. ready to heal yet and of know, course because you're still going yeah. through it you know yeah. like like if you get in a car accident you get a gash on your head you can't expect to be okay in five minutes you gotta let it heal you gotta yeah. let that scab you gotta get those stitches you, yeah. it, it takes time mm-hmm. it takes experience and it takes time
0: yeah and so i definitely thank you so much for you know just taking this time out of your day to come and spend time with me and you know record this episode and honestly this conversation on and off the mic has been <laughs> wonderful and i hope that everybody else also enjoys the episode and got to see a little bit more of you and how your thought process is and like you know how you are truly as a person because i know when we share our businesses i think it's so different because people just see businesses yeah mm-hmm. they don't see like <laughs> Us, us and so that's one of the things that i hope to continue to do with hefa talk like really you know showcase all of you in in a beautiful way and i hope that i was able to do that in this episode for you and um i definitely would love to have another um episode done with you and maybe we can talk about something else like yes that. girl part two <laughs> yeah part two for sure <laughs> and, um but where can
1: people connect with so I have uh, two different pages, uh, Facebook and Instagram. at uh, Bonita Crafts is my crafting. I do mugs, coasters. I'm, I'm an artist, so I put all my designs on mugs, stickers, coasters. I do custom stuff as well. So if you want any more information, definitely yes. check that out. Trust me, you're <laughs> going to want every piece she puts up. I, I do have a website, gabonitacrafts.com, but you can also find some of my stuff at Carolina's Antiques. I also have X-rated greeting cards at Ignite across the yes. South Park Mall at the love shack boutique on Babcock and Petrinko, um, for my guest outside stuff. Again, that's a community advocacy page that I just let people know what's going on. If you're interested in being featured, just uh, message me. And that's at QE underscore Southside, no caps. Um, and you will see my black and white logo. Yes. I'm, I'm so excited. I hope that you guys
0: all take the time out of your day to connect with her and go follow her. Um, and, you know, I definitely, again, want to say thank you so much for taking the time to be with me and, you know, for being that light in my day sometimes when I need it because I don't think you realize that sometimes you do it in the right moment where I'm like, okay, thank
1: you. <laughs> well, good, I'm glad. I'm glad because yes. I want to I wanna be that person for people. I feel like I've come such a long way and I never thought I'd be here. Mm-hmm. I honestly never thought I'd be happy. And I feel like, Every opportunity I could to find a cry, I would by myself. Yeah. And I haven't done that in so long, and it just feels so great. Like a, a, <laughs> a big accomplishment. Yeah, it feels like a big weight off my shoulders. It really does. I'm
0: glad. Well, that's all for this episode. Again, if you guys follow us on Instagram, it could, you can find us at at Heffa Talk. You can also listen to our episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I will see you guys next episode.
1: Hi, you